Hey guys, welcome back to 20-something, the podcast where we make conversations about self-development more fun because we're in our 20s and life is not that serious. I wanted to do just a little chat with me episode today, keep it casual. I've had a lot of really incredible guests on the show recently and I haven't done a solo episode in forever. I feel like it's been three, four weeks since the last one. So I feel like I haven't been able to catch up in a while. Not much has changed, but my life has been really hectic the past few weeks. Like I've been on Monday to Friday travel to client site for the project I'm on at my consulting firm. And before that, I went to Toronto for a little weekend to surprise my girlfriend for her birthday. So a lot of travel recently, and it's gotten me craving balance. Like I feel like whenever I go through these spurts of my life being busy and hectic, it makes me want to like center myself and just align back to my like natural state of like balance between you know a and b in a lot of different categories i've noticed too that i also start craving the opposite things of whatever i'm doing too much of when i'm traveling a lot for work suddenly i start craving like just wanting to be a hermit in my apartment and light a candle and like clean my space and stay at home and not talk to anyone If I've had a weekend full of like a bunch of really good food and treats, then I start craving the opposite. I start like really wanting whole, fresh, non-processed foods and more movement and a lot of water. The same goes with like if I'm after too much social interaction, I start craving quiet time to myself, like solitude, things like that. And I feel like most people are like that, like our natural state of being is balance, like not too much and not too little of any given thing but little bits and pieces of contrast in our lives, like that's how you ultimately thrive. So if there's one thing I've learned from this again, it's that I thrive the most when I'm living in a state of balance. And I've figured out basically the main three buckets or areas of my life where I prioritize balance the most. That's what I'm going to be talking about today. I just wanted to share what some of my strategies are and how I'm finding balance in those three buckets. The first is health. So balance between healthy for the body and healthy for the soul. One thing I've noticed about my body is that I look the best and feel the best when I aim for balance and not perfection. So I've stopped like when I think about, oh, did I have a healthy day today? I stopped rating my day on whether it was 100% healthy or not. I rate it on whether it was balanced and it goes both ways. So like, let's say I, if I spent 12 hours a day sitting at a desk then my way of finding balance is that even if I'm tired at the end of the day, I'll go for a walk at night or like I'll wake up extra early in the morning so I can get my workout in to account for the fact that the rest of my day was pretty sedentary and using my mind rather than my body. The same thing applies balance the other way. So let's say I had a super clean dinner, then I will make sure to have dessert. I will not skip dessert because that is how in that specific scenario, that's how I'm achieving balance and I'll see that as success. So I've, I've stopped congratulating myself for being 100% healthy all the time and I've started congratulating myself for throwing in little bits of balance specifically so that I'm not 100% healthy at the time. Like that's not my goal anymore. I used to be super extreme in one direction. I used to be like way, way too strict on myself with what I was eating and exercised more than what actually feels good for my body. But on the other side of things, I also know that I will never be the kind of person who falls into the extreme number two, like the opposite end of the spectrum of like eating bad food and not moving. My goal is now to be somewhere in the middle. Like it's way more fun when you are balanced like somewhere between those two. If I've had a couple glasses of wine on the weekend, or let's say I've gone a period of a couple weeks where I notice I've been having more coffee than usual, so like maybe over-consuming caffeine, 
I'll compensate the next week by listening to my body and maybe reducing my caffeine a little bit, you know, skipping the Celsius or skipping the 10 p.m. espresso and doing the same with wine. Like I know if I've had a couple of glasses of wine on a Friday night, then the Saturday night, I don't want to drink. It just doesn't feel good for me to build up an excess of any given thing. Again, my body feels the best when I have everything that I want in moderation, but I don't overdo it on anything. And this applies to both food and exercise. This sounds like a ridiculous example too, but I'll never forget. I was in Mexico with my girlfriends for spring break, like in our last year of university. And it it was one of these all-inclusive resorts in Mexico, which kind of, it ends up being a crazy week inevitably because it's, you know, open bar, you can drink as much as you want, da-da-da-da-da. But um, there was also a gym, a beautiful, beautiful gym at this resort with like palm trees coming through the windows and the most beautiful natural lighting. It was bliss, like one of the most beautiful gyms I've ever worked out in my life. And my idea of balance that week was like I would wake up in the morning, you know, grab brunch or whatever with my girls, lay out on the beach for a little bit. And then before we started drinking, I would want to change into my workout clothes and go to the gym. My girlfriends, however, were ready by 11 a.m. to like start drinking and partying in the pool. So I remember going back to the hotel room, I put on my gym clothes, my little sports bra and my short shorts and whatever, and I was about to head to the gym. I walk by the pool, all my girls start yelling at me, stop me and make me take a shot. They like hand me a shot of tequila pre-workout. So I take this shot, go hit my workout and then come back to party with them. And I know that's a ridiculous example, like that's not the blueprint you should go after, but that still was like, I remember thinking in that moment, like, you know what, this is balance. Like, just because I'm working out doesn't mean I have to be 100% perfect with what I'm consuming. But at the same time, that week, I didn't want to completely skip working out. So this feels good. I'm getting both the socialization, sticking to the habits that I love, which is like hitting my workout in the morning. I always wonder why when I'm in Europe, my body looks and feels the best. Usually, like if if I'm on a summer vacation in Europe, that's when I notice my body feels and looks the best. And if I break it down, I think the reason is exactly that. Being in Europe, especially, you know, it being the summer and not having a work schedule, right? Like I'm on vacation usually when I'm there, lends itself to a balanced lifestyle. Because when I'm there, I'm definitely eating more treats, more like quote unquote bad for you foods, probably higher in fat, higher in carbs, lots of pastries, um, ice cream in the summer, like more coffee than usual, more cappuccinos, probably more wine, again, because I'm on vacation. But at the same time, I'm moving my body more. When you're in Europe, you walk everywhere. Like, so I remember step counts being like 26,000 steps a day, 32,000 steps a day, because it's, you're in such a beautiful atmosphere. You just want to, my way of exploring is just walking around. I'm at the same time, not restricting what I eat, enjoying everything I want to, but also moving my body a lot, getting a lot of sunlight, getting a lot of movement, swimming in the ocean. And it's the balance of those two things that result in me feeling incredible and having so much energy when I'm spending my summers in Europe. The idea is to not go too far in either extreme. And this is something I actually heard on a podcast recently. Somebody said, when you give things the space to breathe, when you let things breathe, almost always they're going to work out better. And if you take that statement, you can apply that to so much. You can apply it to relationships, to business, to a personal brand, to your career. You can apply it to your body and your health. Whatever it is, when you give things the space to breathe, 
they work out better. The universe can sense if you put out an energy of desperation, nothing good is going to come out of that. So if you're, let's say you're desperate to lose weight and you're like white knuckling it and trying to eat 100% healthy all the time and say no to the almond croissant, which is a bad idea, by the way, that energy of desperation is going to create stress in your body. You're going to hold on to the weight. Your health is going to deteriorate and mentally you're not going to feel good either. The same thing goes for, let's say, a relationship. Everybody knows like somebody who puts out energy of desperation that there's nothing more unattractive. The people who are the most attractive are actually the ones who aren't too attached to needing a boyfriend or a girlfriend. They aren't too attached to the outcome. They're just kind of living their life, doing their own thing, being happy. If it works out, great. If it doesn't, great. It means it wasn't for them. And that energy is what is attractive. The same thing can be applied to trying to bring money into your life. The same thing can be applied to trying to get success in your career. If you put out an energy of desperation, if you don't give things the space to breathe and you like suffocate them, it's never going to turn out well. The same goes with your health and with your body. My body looks the best when I enjoy the treats that I love with zero guilt. That's the key is like actually eliminating the stress of it. Right now, more than ever before, I would say that I'm happiest in my body and I'm simultaneously eating the most croissants that I ever have in my life. It's not a coincidence, but it's not about the food. It's about the lack of stress. Being stress-free and feeling like I'm just in alignment, like eating naturally what my body needs and craves and wants and moving my body in a way that feels good. Like if I don't like the idea of a workout, I'm not going to do it. I don't have a strict workout schedule anymore where I plan out my workout split and my days. I tried that. It didn't work for me. It just wasn't fun. I exercise in a way that feels good for me now. I kind of just do whatever I want most days. And some days I'll do like a 30-minute workout that really doesn't put much stress on my body, which theoretically isn't enough to grow muscle. Other days, like on weekends, in the mornings especially, like on a Saturday morning, I love taking my sweet time and spending an hour and a half in the gym just doing whatever feels fun. And even though like scientifically, these things don't sound like it makes sense. Like if you're trying to get in shape and feel and look amazing in your body, it doesn't make sense that the advice would be eat whatever the hell you want and only work out by doing the things that you feel like on a given day. I think it's because by following that principle, at least for me specifically, that is what has worked because that is what eliminates the stress. And my body responds well when I am not stressed. Before, when I used to stress about my diet and about working out, I was like physically sick. I look incredible now and I feel incredible because I do whatever the hell I want and I don't think twice about it. And my body responds to it. Like when I have no stress, my digestion responds to it. My body can handle the food better. You can sense when you see someone, the people who glow are the ones who are in a state of balance, who live a balanced lifestyle 80, 20, whatever principle you want to call it, people who are happy glow differently. That's why balance has become so important to me is that I realize like my health is not a short-term goal. It's a long-term goal. I want to have energy and be healthy for my entire life, for the long-term, for my kids, for, for the rest of my life. I don't just want to achieve a specific physique within the next two to three months. That's not my goal. So Balance is much has become much more important to me than perfection. The second bucket where I'm trying to find balance, and this one has been a really big priority lately, is balance between work and life. Or, you know, balance between business and pleasure, if we want to call it that. And there's two ways that I've been thinking about this. Like two kind of strategies I've been taking to achieve balance here. The first is 
separation of time, and the second is separation of focus. So with time, like I'm trying to monitor the number of hours that I spend on work versus the number of hours I spend on things that are just for me, just for my own pleasure. Because when I look back on my life, like I don't want it to have all been work. During the week, for example, like if I'm working during the week, I try to do at least one thing a day that's just for me. So that could be doing a workout in the morning. It could be taking time to cook myself a nice dinner and come home from the office at night. It could be taking my time with my night routine. Like I'm someone who loves pampering myself with like beauty routines, like self-care routines. That for me is just, it's like such a form of meditation because doing a nighttime routine is my time when I can take a break from screens. I'll put on like one of the chilling meditations or like background music on the superhuman app, or I'll just put on like a jazz playlist or something like that and take my sweet time putting on my like facial oil and my moisturizers and whatever else in jade rolling like that's such a meditation so even if it's something small like taking a little bit of an extra time with my night routine or getting a workout in or reading a couple chapters of my book before bed my rule is I will always no matter how busy I am with project work do one thing a day that is just for me like if you want balance between work and life you have to have outside hobbies and things you do for yourself This podcast, for example, is a huge one for me. Like having this podcast as a side project, as a hobby, just keeps me sane. I don't know how somebody could just have their career and not have hobbies or interests outside of it. Like at least like a sport that you like doing. It can be anything, but you have to be multidimensional, like an onion or like, fuck, I don't know. Maybe the onions like layers, but you get what I mean. I also think it's really impressive in consulting. I don't know what it's like in other fields, but I have noticed a lot of the people I work with at my firm have these really interesting side projects. Like even though it's a busy career, people have shit that they are working on outside of work. I have a colleague who's writing a book or people who are super into golf. Like again, it doesn't, it could be physical, it could be mental, like it doesn't matter what your hobby is, but have something else that makes you interesting, makes you an interesting human being outside of your work that is what's going to keep you sane. Like I would actually go insane if I didn't have something to work on outside of my career. It just wouldn't be enough to keep me interested. What I've noticed too is even if the amount of time that I actually have to spend on like a Tuesday, let's say in the middle of the week on a Tuesday, even if the amount of time that I have to spend on the pleasure part of things, like on doing something for myself, even if that period of time is small, appreciating the little things in my life helps me magnify the amount of time that I perceive to be spent on pleasure. So like really bringing presence and focus to the little things and appreciating them magnifies them, right? Like I appreciate making my morning cup of coffee. I appreciate my walk to work because it's like this beautiful view of downtown Chicago and I love it when it's sunny outside. And When I'm winding down at night, like I love lighting my little candle and putting on the jazz in the back. Those are like stupid, insignificant things, right? We know that. They're tiny. But bringing appreciation and like basking in how much I love those stupid little things makes me so happy on a work day when work is otherwise hectic and busy and chaotic. It makes me feel in my mind, it's kind of like tricking my subconscious to thinking that more time is being spent on pleasure than work, when even if, you know, the amount of time it takes to make my coffee in the morning is two minutes, in my memory, it feels longer because I was completely present in that moment and I like really like fell in love with it and appreciated it for what it is. The second part of this is separation of focus. 
So what I mean by that is like trying to find balance in where my focus is. I'll give you an example. Like When I'm with friends, one of my rules is I try not to talk about work too much. I'm still guilty of this 100%. Sometimes I have to rant about work, but I'm trying to watch myself and really like reduce the amount that I talk about work when I'm with my friends and my family. I love having friends who are in completely different careers than I am because my life with them is like separate from my life at work. And it's exciting too because my friends are doing some really cool things like whether it's interior design or they're in politics or something in the medical field like I love having friends who have interests that are so vastly different from mine because first it means that I always learn something new when I talk to them about what they're doing and second it gives me an outlet like this space where I don't have to think or talk about work and that is balance. This goes back to being multidimensional too like have other things that you can talk about with your friends other than work that's balance like if you're a guy my advice is if you're a guy and you work in finance great so does every other guy in his 20s in a big city have some other interests that you can talk about on a date like build some 3d like intellectual like identity capital don't be so 2d that all you have to talk about and think about all the time is work because it's going to drive you crazy the last one is my favorite and it's how i'm trying to find balance between my feminine versus my masculine energy or like my soft side versus my bold side anybody who knows me know like I talk about this way too much like this is something I think about so much but it's very interesting to me that there are two energies that exist in the world the feminine the masculine the feminine energy and by the way both of these forms of energy exist in every human being everybody whether you're a man or a woman you have some feminine some masculine energy most women for the most part are more dominant, have more feminine than masculine, but they still have both. Vice versa is true. Most men have much more masculine energy than feminine, but they still have both. And you can basically tap into these two, whether you want to call it energy or these two sides of yourself or types of behavior at different times, right? So the feminine is like the instinct to be more nurturing and soft and caring and in touch with your emotions interested in aesthetics, things like that. The masculine energy is your inclination to be assertive and dominant and, you know, get shit done. And it's like the logical side of things, the action-oriented side of things, the protection, the instinct to provide, whatever. You get the point. But everybody, like whether you're a man or a woman listening to this, you have both and you tap into different kinds of energy at different times in your life based on what is needed. So I'm tapping into my feminine more in my everyday life, at home, in social settings, in relationships especially. Like that's my natural state of comfort is I'm more closely aligned with my feminine. In my career, I usually have to tap more into my masculine. Like I have to tap into my girl boss energy, which is ironic because like what we call girl boss energy in quotations is effectively tapping into your masculine energy it has nothing to do with the feminine we're talking about getting shit done having to be decisive direct ambitious those are things that i have to embody when i'm in my career it's not about being soft and nurturing it's about being firm in your stance and being logical and being decisive and like making things happen being productive personally for me too like both my firm and for example right now the client that i'm working with Both of those organizations are very male-dominated, so I have to adjust to that because let's say that I was behaving more in my feminine at work. 
it would be very difficult to communicate effectively with the people I'm interacting with on an everyday basis because the way that men and women communicate is very different. So by tapping more into my masculine energy, I'm taken more seriously and I can communicate more effectively with my colleagues. It even applies to the way I dress. So like balance between more feminine and more masculine attire. In my everyday life, we know this, I like to dress in a way that's like very sensual. All I wear is like dresses and heels. I I love to look feminine. Like I love like soft flowy dresses and light colors, whites, pastels, keeping my hair down, wearing lots of gold jewelry. Like I like a feminine style. I don't really, I'm not really about, you know, the graphic tees and sneakers and whatever else. However, for work, it's different. When I'm at work, I have to be more business casual. I wear a lot of blazers. I show less skin. I accentuate my curves a little bit less because I've even gotten comments about how it can be distracting to the client if I'm dressed in a way that's too too feminine, basically. That was difficult to adjust to in the beginning, but now I like that balance because it helps me make the switch between the two different kinds of behavior. For example, when I leave the office and go home and I take off the blazer and I put on change into my like flowy little dress for dinner reservations. That's symbolic because also in that moment, I remember to switch back my behavior, to step back fully into my feminine energy and relax into that. And I kind of return to my natural state. I like having the balance between the two because I want to be both. Like I don't want to be soft all the time. Sometimes I want to be bold. I think it's because I have to tap into my masculine so much at work that I'm the complete opposite When it comes to relationships, for example, I really like just like relaxing into my feminine, letting the guy do the work and being pampered and taken care of a little bit and really just stepping into my soft energy. As I've been saying with like all of these categories, balance is the state that feels better than anything. I don't ever want to be too far in either extreme. I want a little bit of both. I want a little bit of a taste of the feminine and the masculine. I want a bit of a taste of work and a bit of a taste of life. It's the yin and the yang. Like those are the three things I'm prioritizing right now and trying to be conscious of like what I'm doing to achieve balance between A and B in any given scenario. And so far it's been making me really happy, but I know that I still have some work to do, like specifically on work and life, trying to find a state of balance between the two. That's all for today. I hope you guys like this little chat with me catch up episode. I really love doing solo episodes. I want to do more of these. I also like that they can be shorter in length because it's kind of more digestible. Like I know when I'm listening to podcasts, if it's a guest interview with somebody who really brings a lot of information, like Andrew Huberman, for example, I liked longer episodes, like one to two hours when you can really get deep on the subject. But when I'm listening to people doing like solo episodes or just little chat with me's, I love the digestible little snippets, like keep it under 20 minutes to 30 minutes. Alex Hormozzi actually does a really good job of that too. Like he gives a lot of information in his podcasts, but he breaks them up into these tiny little episodes, sometimes even like 10 to 12 minutes where he just focuses on one subject and doesn't ramble on about it too much. And I kind of like that. The other exciting piece of news is that I finally ordered a mic. It's been almost a year. I started this podcast last May and I'm finally getting a proper mic set up for the apartment so that I don't have to do all of the episodes in this soundproof booth like with the mic I'll be able to do more episodes from my apartment without you guys hearing like the heating and ventilation system in the background so that's very exciting I cannot wait I'll share some photos and maybe start filming video also when I get that but thank you again for listening I love you guys so much and I will talk to you next week
If you find any kind of value in this episode, send it to your best friend, send it to your mom, share it with anybody. One step further that would help me a ton is if you leave a rating and review on the pod. That makes a huge difference. The main way that podcasts grow on platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts is through ratings and reviews. That's what like gets the algorithm to push it to more people. So if you can take literally 30 seconds to write a review i don't care what you say like just tell me what your favorite episode is any kind of feedback you want to leave stuff you want to hear from me or guests that you want to have on the podcast let me know i promise i read all of them and i would be super grateful